0: Name to All the Books, a weekly show of recommendations and enthusiasm regarding the week's new book releases. This is episode three, and today we're talking about new books released on May 26, 2015. I'm Liberty Hardy, here with my fellow well redhead, Rebecca Shinsky, and we're coming to you from BookRiot.com. Hello. Hello. Hello, Rebecca.
1: Hello, Miss Liberty. How are you today? I'm good. We had like such a quintessential perfect day for reading here in Richmond it's been so hot and gross and then today it was cool and gray and rainy and I just want to curl up in a pile with a blanket and a whole bunch of books and instead I worked so this is my time you are my book and blanket time excellent
0: I assume it's nice out I haven't heard otherwise but mostly (laughs) I just stay in my lair So, like, I don't know what it's doing outside. Well, you have all the books there, so why would you ever leave? It's true. Yeah, there's no reason to ever leave my house.
1: (laughs) Speaking of all the books, would you like to hear about some? Ready when you are, Sergeant Embry. Uh, woo! Yeah, I get to go first this week. I'm so excited. Uh, my first pick this week is "Our Souls at Night" by Kent Haruf. You might recognize his name. He wrote "Plain Song" and "Even Song" among others. Uh, but "Plain Song," I think, is when he really started to break big um, with the help of Oprah. Uh, this book, like all of his fiction, is set in Holt, Colorado, in a small, quiet town. Uh, this is not a connected story to any of the previous stories though it stands on its own Uh, it's about an older woman named addie whose husband died several years ago and the book opens with addie walking across the street to her neighbor lewis's house lewis's wife has also been dead for several years and addie invites lewis to come over at night to lie down in bed with her and talk and sleep with her Um, actual sleep get your minds out of the gutter Uh, they're gonna like lie there and hold hands and talk about their day and their lives and what's going on in the world um Louis is not so sure this is a good idea. He's worried about what the neighbors are going to think. Uh, but Addie has zero cares to give. She has gotten to that point in her life where she just feels like she's old enough to do what she wants and not worry about it. And Louis is made brave by that. So he packs up his pajamas and his toothbrush in a little paper bag and he walks down the street and knocks on her back door that first night. And goes up and lies down with her. And it's lovely. Uh, this is So this becomes the thing that they do. And of course, it's a small town. And so of course, someone sees him go there at night and then leave her house in the morning. And it's maybe something of a minor scandal. But it's this really beautiful and unexpected friendship that blossoms. Blossoms between the two of them as they have these conversations with each other. He starts going over earlier. They start, you know, having a nice drink before they go to bed and really getting to know each other. Um, Stuff goes on with Addie's grown children and with her grandchild who comes to spend some time with them. And Lewis gets involved with her family in that way. They support each other through some difficult moments in their lives. And they have this, you know, some lightness and some joy as well. And it's just this thing that neither of them expected to have happen near the end of their life. Um, So they're reflecting. They talk about mistakes that they made, about things that made them happy and things that made them sad in their lives. And they start to kind of hope for more in the end of their lives than they thought they were going to have. It's just like this quiet, charming little book. Um, And it is little. I think it's like 200 pages long. Um, I read it in one sitting on Saturday. And if it's cold and rainy where you are while you're listening to this, um, perfect book for that. It's one of those books where like not much happens, uh, but it's excellent in the not much happening. If you liked uh, Lily Tuck's I Married You for Happiness, which I adored, or Marilyn Robinson, I think um, Kent Harreth and Our Souls at Night is a really good fit.
0: It's made a little more sad by the fact that that was the last book he wrote. It is. Yeah, this is
1: published posthumously. It's a very nice end cap to A career, Especially with the characters being uh, near the ends of their lives, too. But, yeah, very sad. It sounds wonderful. It's so good. I mean, I'm a sucker for these, like, quiet books about the meaning of life. I really enjoyed it.
0: Well, my first book is called Extraordinary Means by Robin Schneider. I picked this up because people really loved her first book, which was called The Beginning of Everything, which I have not read. I own it, but I haven't read it. Um, which is probably the sentence that I say most often. <laughs> oh, I own that, but I haven't read it yet. <laughs> we should a have T-shirts it it. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I haven't read it yet. Uh, so, The uh, Extraordinary Means is about two teenagers named Sadie and Lane, and they reside at a place called the Latham House, a medical facility for teenagers with tuberculosis. Mm. Now, historically... TB has always been kind of romanticized. I was reading how in the 1800s it even became fashionable for healthy women to powder their skin so they were pale and looked like they had TB. Whoa. Which is just kind of <laughs> wrong. I'm thinking about Moulin Rouge too. Yeah, exactly. Or like or like a Bright Star about John Keats. Mm. Mr. Keats has gone out without his coat. <laughs> no, and then it's all over. Um, but but TB is, you know, a very serious infectious disease. And in this book, the kids at this school have a deadly, drug-resistant strain of it. So they're all stuck here at this place called Latham House, and they're trying to have the most normal high school experience that one can have when they're you know, deathly ill and they're stuck in this place they can't leave, they're monitored constantly, and one out of every five residents never makes it out alive. So they kind of, they live in dorms, um, they attend class, but it's kind of a joke. They don't have homework or anything because uh, what teacher is going to fail a sick student, really? Um, the center of the story is based around the blossoming romance between Sadie and Lane and the question of how close do you let yourself get to someone you know you have a good chance of losing soon. Mm. I thought this was a really great book, and the characters are really charming. The romance is really sweet. It gave me all the feels, Aww. which is hard to do. Like It I is. That is even, hard with you. Yeah, I didn't even cry when I read Fault in Our Stars, which, you know, is by the Teenage Whisperer. everyone loves that book but I really thought this was really good and again the title is Extraordinary Means by Robin Schneider awesome and now speaking of teen romance look at you I know I'm good at this Uh, that brings me to today's first sponsor swoonreads.com if you are someone who likes reading and or writing the kissing parts this is the site for you Swoon Reads is a young adult romance imprint publishing under Fywell and Friends, an imprint of Macmillan. Young adult romance writers can submit original young adult romance manuscripts to the Swoon Reads site, and then Swoon Reads community members read, rate, and comment on those manuscripts. Members can talk about what they enjoy, but also what they think will make a story even better. The Swoon Reads editorial board, they monitor the site and the discussions, and they take the... Um, comment into account and they publish the books that the readers really love. Uh, In addition to their books, the Swoon Says blog provides writers, authors, and readers with an array of content on the publishing process, writing, the publishing industry, and reader interests as a whole. You can check it out at swoonreads.com. The next deadline for manuscript submissions is May 31st, but if yours isn't quite ready, do not fret. They have rolling deadlines so there's always one that you can make. Uh, And also, I'd like to point out that if you're just interested in being a reader, you can go on swoonreads.com and read entire manuscripts for free. Frizzle. That's whole books, whole books ready for your perusal. So check it out at swoonreads.com. And you can get mad with
1: power as you tell the romance writers what you think would make their books better.
0: Cat pictures. Obviously. Cat (laughs) pictures make everything better.
1: This book is steamy and fantastic, but needs more cat.
0: Yes, <laughs> we should okay,
1: so, in addition to our t shirts that say "I haven't read it yet," we can print up little
0: stickers that will stick
1: on books everywhere that just say "Needs more cat."
0: needs more cat dot dot com I'm gonna go make that as soon as we're done here. We
1: are revolutionizing publishing here at all the books.
0: <laughs> Now, hit me with
1: what you got next, sister. My next shot is Gumption, Relighting the Torch of Freedom with America's Gutsiest Troublemakers by Nick Offerman, Woo-hoo. who we know more likely as Ron Swanson from Parks and Recreation. Uh, Offerman's first book... Called Paddle Your Own Canoe came out last year, so he's writing these in a hurry. Uh, and Paddle Your Own Canoe is basically memoir about his experiences growing up and learning the value of hard work and how that led him to his career as an actor, his appreciation for art and the people who make art. Uh, and Offerman is definitely something, not quite an iconoclast, but he he also does not have many cares to give. Um, and so this is a look at people who sort of went against the grain and marched to the beat of their own drummers to change history. It's profiles of 25 figures that make up Offerman's pantheon of great Americans, his personal list. So there are some expected ones like George Washington and Eleanor Roosevelt, but also Willie Nelson, Yoko Ono, and Madeline Lingle, Ooh, uh, among others. Call. Yes, right. Like a nice, interesting list. I believe there's also a chapter devoted to my girlfriend Amy Poehler, uh, and you know, to the years of work that they've done together as comedians, and then on Parks and Recreation. So the book, uh, I haven't read it yet. I'm actually waiting for it on audio since we record these shows in advance of the uh, the book's publication dates. I'm just waiting. The audiobook there hasn't no, there's been no preview. Uh, but I'm really looking forward to listening to Offerman listening to that great, recognizable voice and his giggle and that sense of humor coming through while he talks about American history and these 25 figures that, uh, that he shaped, he thinks you know have shaped the country, but that also are inspiring for the risks that they took and the trouble they caused.
0: He writes books almost as fast as he grows his mustache back. <laughs> Does his does his wife participate in the audiobooks at all? Is that, is that a thing? <gasps> oh, I don't realize? know.
1: I don't know. Um, that would be awesome. I read, what, her name is Megan Mullally. Um I read Paddle Your Own Canoe in print because I went to an event at the Barnes & Noble at Union Square right when he released it. And he performed songs with his guitar at his book event. It was really fantastic. Um, she was sadly not there. I don't know if she does. There. Well, there was really nothing in the first book That she could have appeared on, but it would be so cool if she would. Yeah, that would be great.
0: I'm hoping for that.
1: Keep me updated. And if not, you know, while he's regrowing his mustache and writing his next book, maybe he can bear in mind that we would all like a Megan Mullally cameo appearance. Excellent. (laughs) What's next on your list, lady?
0: Now for something completely different. My next pick is called Mayumi and the Sea of Happiness by Jennifer Tsun. Uh, it's published by Europa, one of my favorite presses. If you're not familiar with Europa, they publish these really great books, and they're also really gorgeous books. They're all like the same size, and they have the same title font on the spine, but they're all different colors, and they look really sexy together on the shelves. Yeah, it's a, a little very, collection
1: like, going. It's a very pleasing aesthetic thing they're doing. Yeah,
0: it really is. It's very. It also reminds me of the New York Review of Books classics. Mm-hmm. Those like they're they're really fun to look at. Um, But enough drooling about the the book itself. (laughs) Um, Getting back to the inside of the book, uh, Mayumi is a disenchanted housewife and a mother who works as a librarian on a small island off the coast of New England. Uh, She's really passionate about books and reading, and she's reached this point in her life where she's kind of sad that she isn't passionate about anything else in her life quite like she is about books. And so now here's where you say, be careful what you wish for. Oh, no. Because change comes in the form of a shy 17-year-old boy who comes to the library to get a library card. Um, And Mayumi is drawn into a sexual obsession that changes the way she feels about everything in her life. Whoa. Yeah. You weren't expecting that, were you? I was not expecting (laughs) that. I
1: was expecting something, something, power of books, something gay.
0: (laughs) Well... So I threw threw you there. Uh, So at first, she's kind of hesitant, obviously, 17-year-old boy. uh, But she cannot deny the attraction between them, and she and the boy eventually succumb to their desires. Uh, While the relationship is satisfying both mentally and physically, we all know and she knows uh, no good can really come about from an affair between a married woman and a teen boy. And as her obsession deepens, the closer they get uh, to catastrophe. Ooh yeah this book is oh go ahead oh no go ahead you say it oh no i was just gonna say that this book is hot and heavy (laughs) it's also very tense um and that is in thanks to Sin stellar writing and her imagining of consequences as well as glimpses into motherhood complacency female friendships and the forbidden where is
1: it on the ick scale like well you've already got you
0: already got ick you know Mm -hmm. and it's it's pretty erotic. So, you know, I I, I can't give it an Ick rating. I'm sorry.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking about Tampa and how I couldn't put Tampa down, but I was also like, the whole time.
0: But I mean, it's like this relationship between, like, where would you put Girl with a Dragon Tattoo and the Ick factor? Yeah, that's true. If you can sit through that, then this is nothing. Multiple dimensions of Ick. Yeah. Yeah. So again,
1: oh, it sounds really compelling.
0: It really is, yeah. And again, that was called Mayumi and the Sea of Happiness by Jennifer Sun.
1: For something without an ick factor, uh, I've got out in paperback this week, Delancey, A Man, A Woman, A Restaurant, A Marriage by Molly Weisenberg. Uh, if you are, have ever been into food blogs, you likely found yourself at Orangette, which was Weisenberg's uh, food blog, or might still be. I have to confess to not having looked for it recently. But this is... One of those honest takes on what really happens when people make giant decisions to try to change the direction of their whole lives. Uh, Weisenberg's husband is a composer, and he was always undertaking projects that he was like, now I'm going to be into, I don't know, underwater basket weaving. Now I'm going to be into watercoloring. Now I'm going to be into this thing. And he would kind of have these short bursts of deep enthusiasm for a project, and she just started to know about him that – It was going to be a short burst and that then like whatever the thing was he was excited about would fade away and there would be something new. So when he said he wanted to open a restaurant, that he wanted to open a pizzeria, she was like, oh, okay, honey, yes, I totally support you. And I also don't think you'll ever do it, Uh, except he was serious about it. And more passionate about that project than he had ever been before. So she got on board because she said she was going to be on board. And they opened a restaurant called Delancey. And this is her memoir about the experience of doing that of getting ready to open the restaurant of opening it of working in it together of dealing with you know the stresses financially and the stresses on their time uh, the stresses on their marriage of working together all the time and of trying to delegate like who was going to do what at the restaurant and ultimately of discovering that this was not her passion and she couldn't work there full-time and you know, kind of subsume her own desires to support her husband's passion. So what was she going to do now that she had told her husband she was in this thing? And it turns out she doesn't actually want to do this thing all the time. Um, It could have broken their marriage, it could have ended the business, but neither of those things happened. And um, this is Weisenberg's like very warm, funny, just honest and refreshing, ultimately very sweet account of how they did this in their marriage. One of my favorite books of last year. I love a food memoir. I love a, like, I made big changes in my life and it wasn't all perfect all the time kind of story. Um, A really, really excellent book.
0: And the sequel is about how he opens an underwater pizzeria.
1: (laughs) And then Nick Offerman weaves baskets.
0: Yes, with cats. (laughs) More cats, please. Yes. This is what happens when you don't let me have Red Bull before we record.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Hire us as your publishing consultants.
0: (laughs) Uh, The next book that I'm going to talk about, uh, people might have already heard about because it's been getting a ton of buzz for the last several months. It is finally here. It is called Kissing in America by Margot Rabb. Uh, Kirkus, Publishers Weekly, and Library Journal have all given it a starred review. That's three stars, which I think makes it a lieutenant general. Um, I'm going to add my own star. I loved this book. It's about a 16-year-old girl named Eva, whose father uh, died in a mysterious plane crash two years ago. And she's turned her grief into a passion for reading romance novels. She uses them as kind of an escape. Uh, And she's read 118 of them when she meets Will, a charming young man who seems to understand Eva and her pain. uh, For it turns out that Will has also lost a family member. But as quickly as she and Will make a connection, he abruptly moves from where they were in New York all the way across the country to California. So Eva is understandably devastated, and also certain that Will might be THE ONE, capital letters, THE ONE. (laughs) So she and her very best friend Annie scheme a cross-country trip to take her to Will. Uh, For anyone who has spent several days, or even several hours in a car with someone, you know how hard it can be. (laughs) Uh, And the trip proves to be a test of Annie and Eva's friendship. And the ride also gives Eva a chance to face her grief. Um, I found this book to be delightfully humorous and poignant. And it is charming squared. Ooh. Um, Yeah. I take back, actually, what I said about giving it a starred review. I'm going to give it two stars because it's my blurb and I can do what I want. Yeah, you
1: can. Yeah. Boss applesauce. (laughs) So two of your picks this week had something to do with characters whose lives were changed by books. Yes. Yes. I think this is a recurring theme we're going to see. I might be drawn to them. Uh, before I do my next pick uh, we don't have a second sponsor officially this week so I'm going to plug one of our own things Uh, if you have just met us here on all the books or if you're just discovering book riot or maybe you followed book riot for a while and somehow we have not yet hit you with this you might be excited we hope you're excited to know that we're hosting our first two-day event this fall on November 7th and 8th we'll be hosting book riot live which is exactly what it sounds like Uh, we're going to have uh, panels of of authors talking about stuff that's not just how to write in their own genre. Uh, we'll be talking about like turning awareness into action and some of the social justice issues around books and reading. We will be talking about maybe how to write compelling relationships. We'll be talking about all sorts of interesting things that have to do with books, but also the ways that books touch our lives. And there will be like a book crafting session. There uh, might be bookish karaoke. There will definitely be a bookish Jeopardy game uh, in which some of the authors and speakers participate and in which you could participate. We are having not one but two cocktail parties in the rare book room of the Strand bookstore. And that's just the very beginning. Uh, you can check out bookriotlive.com to see more information about the people that we've announced that are speaking at the event so far. We have a lot more that will be rolling out as the days and weeks and months leading up to November 7th and 8th roll by. But tickets are on sale now. It's $169 for the two days to spend with a bunch of amazing authors, with the Book Riot crew, and with 1,500 other people who love books as much as you do and who just want to have fun about them. So we would love to see you there. We'll both be there. Be uh, crazy redheaded people who love books for two days, yes. and it would be great uh, to meet some of y'all
0: as well. Is the new video up? It is. Yes, I loved that video.
1: Our we have a promotional video that has a bunch of us and also a talking animated pigeon.
0: Yes, that I think that all credits now should say, and Daniel Jose Older as the pigeon.
1: Yes, for sure.
0: <laughs> Everything, every show, just, all the movies, and just. In general, just says that, and people will be like, Where was the pigeon?
1: You should go he to bookriotlive.com if for no other reason than to see this pigeon. Yeah, he's great. He is great. Uh, and so that brings me to my last pick of the week.
0: Another Uh, highly, highly buzzed book. Yes, so
1: buzzed, and for such good reason. Uh, This is Tiny Pretty Things by Sona Chirapotra and Danielle Clayton. It's a young adult novel about three girls who attend an elite ballet school in Manhattan. It's billed as Black Swan meets Pretty Little Liars, which, like, I don't know how you're not sold on that. Uh, I am. I know. It also ranked a bunch of my Gossip Girl Bells. Uh, the three girls are named Gigi, Bet, and June. Gigi is a free spirit. She just wants to dance. Uh, she, this is her passion in life, but it could literally kill her. Uh, Bette is very privileged and has an older sister who is an even more talented dancer than she is and she really just wants out from under that sister's shadow. And then there's June who is a perfectionist. She wants to, you know, do everything as well as she possibly can and uh, she has a very overbearing mother. If she doesn't land a lead role this year, June's mother is going to pull the plug on her dancing career. So there's ballet and there is teenage drama and there's great frenemy stuff like none of the girls In the ballet school are really to be trusted. You know, um, there's subterfuge and teenage darkness. And I'm only like halfway through it, but I'm really, really loving it. Some somehow I'm gonna figure out how to read as fast as you do. But until then, I'm just gonna say things like, I'm not all the way done with this book, but it's really good
0: so far. It's Red Bull. You know that's (laughs) that's the answer. That's my secret. That is it right there.
1: (laughs) Anyway, that is Tiny Pretty Things by Sona Chirapotra and Danielle Clayton if you like ballet and teenage soap operas. And that is not an insult. Like, this book bills itself as a teenage soap opera, and it is good at what it does. Uh, Check this one out.
0: My last pick is The Water Knife by Paolo Bacigalupi, which I never get tired of saying. It's a a really really fun fun one. Bacigalupi. Stay with me at home. (laughs) Bacigaloopy. That was fun. Uh, Anyway, the water knife takes place in a dystopian America where water is scarce, which (laughs) doesn't really sound all that unlikely anymore. Yeah, no, this is pretty believable so far. Yeah. Uh, The main character is a guy named Angel Velasquez, who is known as a water knife or someone who hunts and cuts water. Uh, He's a real badass. He's a spy and an assassin as well, and he works procuring water for the Southern Nevada Water Authority. Uh, His boss is one of those types you always encounter in apocalyptic stories. Um, The bad guys who always have what it is that everyone else is dying for, like money or food or electricity. Uh, In this case, his boss has all the water, which she squanders on her beautiful lush gardens uh, while people are dying of thirst outside her doors. Um, when rumors of a new source of water in Phoenix hit her ears, she sends Angel to investigate. And it's on this journey that he encounters all sorts of problems, shady characters, and a twang of conscience. This is, I think, apocalyptic fiction at its finest. And I also think this book makes a really good Mad Max chaser. Mm. Yeah, and Bacigalupi is a fantastic writer. He already has a ton of awards under his belt. And I highly suggest picking it up.
1: I love that idea of it as a Mad Max chaser. Um, yeah. I've read this one, but I have not yet seen Mad Max. And so now I'm going to just do that in reverse. But it's like, it's dystopian thriller in a real, this is
0: scary, unbelievable
1: way. Yeah. It's so Be- good.
0: Of lack of- See, it's really fun. Ken, can- I know we're running out of time, but can I tell you about one more thing? Please do. Because, okay, this is the book that I am most excited for in 2015. Like, I could not be more excited if I swallowed a cat and broke out in kittens. Okay, this is the book that I've been waiting for. This is the it, one. The one. It's a kid's picture book, and it's called The Amazing Hamweenie Escapes by Patty Bowman. <laughs> Hamweenie! Oh my goodness. I know, I, I'm pretty sure you're familiar with Hamweenie. There was a book a couple years ago called The Amazing Hamweenie, and Hamweenie is a house cat who yearns for the magician's life. He wants to go on the road and be. A very famous uh, magician and instead he is forced to be a house cat and get belly rubs and treats and he just really hates it Uh, so in the first one it's all about how you know his dreams are shattered and I haven't read the new one but I'm guessing from the title he might get loose so um, and when I was when I was looking up the release date of this I found the description it called it Stewie Griffin meets Grumpy Cat (laughs) I was like "That's, that's fair that's fair. Anyway, I just wanted to sneak that in because Patty Bowman is so awesome, and I'm very excited. I am sold so hard on that. And, and that's that's it. We've already we've done it. So what are you going to read now? Well, I'm glad you asked because I'm really excited about this new indie press. Indie press, if I can even say it. Um, they're called Unnamed Press, and they are just knocking my brain socks off with their offerings. Uh, They published one of the best books I've read this year called Escape from Baghdad. And in the fall, they're publishing the new book by Robert Kloss called The Revelator. I'm sure you remember when I read his book, Alligators of Abraham, and it was the only thing I could talk about for, like, weeks. It was my answer to everything. It was. Do you have any kids' books? Alligators of Abraham. Like, I just, I love that book. Um, So I'm such a fan of theirs. I'm going back to the first book that they published which is called Nigerians in Space by DG Bryce Olukotun. I hope I said that right. Um, And, yeah, that's what I'll be reading in a few minutes after we hang up our microphones. After I have a Red Bull. Oh, God. (laughs) What are you going to read
1: next? I'm going to read Rising Strong by Brene Brown. Um, I really, really loved her book, Daring Greatly, that came out a few years ago. And if you have been listening to the Book Riot podcast for the last few years, you've heard me talk about it like a dozen times at least. Um Daring Greatly was about vulnerability and the risks that we take in our personal and work relationships, like that fear that everyone has. of If I really show myself to someone, um, what if they don't? Like me, and how that fear can drive a lot of things, but how great it can be for us when we take the risk and we are vulnerable, and other people step up to the plate and honor that, and are vulnerable in their own ways, and how better, how much better our lives can be in all of the different venues that we live our lives when we're really genuine about who we are. Um, it's not an exaggeration to say that that book really changed the way that I think about important relationships, and so Rising Strong is about failure and what we do after failure, um, with the assumption that everybody will face failure of some kind. And so it's what you make of that failure and sort of how you process it and come out of it and do next. Um, And if you rise strong, as the title suggests, Um, I'm really looking forward to diving into that. Brown is a lifelong. um, She's a trained sociologist with decades of experience doing research. And so she mixes science with self help in a way that I find to be really smart and very useful. Um, It's not woo woo hand waving, it's really grounded in data and active steps that you can take in your own life. And I really love that. So I didn't know that she had a new book coming out until you mentioned it the other day that this new one that the digital galleys of this one were available. So you brought me uh, a surprise and a delight. And I'm really excited to read that.
0: I'm here for you, baby. You
1: always are. That's our show.
0: That's it, kitten pants. (laughs) Uh, So we want to
1: thank again our sponsor this week, Swoon Reads. You can go to swoonreads.com to read your romance-loving heart out if you're into young adult romance, and also to share your ideas and uh, feedback on young adult romance manuscripts. If you're a writer, you can submit there and get feedback from the community, and your book just might get published. Uh, Also, check out bookriotlive.com and come spend a couple of days with us in New York this fall. If you have thoughts or questions about the show you can drop us a line at all the books at bookriot.com you can find miss liberty on twitter at miss liberty i am at rebecca shinsky s-c-h-i-n-s-k-y and if you like the show if you would be so kind to rate or review it on itunes really helps new people to discover it especially while we're still getting off the ground and thanks to the couple dozen of you who already have it's been really awesome to start off on this foot
0: yeah and as much as we would love to tell you about more books out today, we don't have the time. But you can read more titles in the show notes uh, on Book Riot, and as well as you can the link to our weekly newsletter about new releases that I also happen to write. Uh, I try to put in a few more titles in there that we didn't discuss on the show, so we don't have any overlap, and you can learn about as many books as you possibly can. And that's it. That's it. Happy reading. Happy reading.